Real Life SEO with Levi Williams Klukas. Welcome to Real Life SEO, the podcast where we seek to share what SEO specialists do in their day-to-day work and also delve into their specific specializations from content to international SEO to technical SEO and more. Today, we continue our podcast series with Levi Williams Klukas, and we're talking about local SEO. This podcast is brought to you by OnCrawl. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life SEO. Today we have the pleasure of talking to Levi Williams Klukas, who is focusing on local SEO and currently working with Hello Earth, an ethical digital agency that works with conscious brands developing their marketing and SEO strategies. Thank you for joining us today, Levi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So before we get started, I always like to ask our guests to introduce themselves. Tell us a bit about your background and how you got started in SEO. Yeah, so um, I am uh, definitely an SEO enthusiast. So I started out, um, well, actually I'm a marketing enthusiast. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Um, I started out studying uh, marketing and advertising at university and I just knew I wanted to get into marketing um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't tend to be the way that people end up in marketing but I was like mm-hmm. I'm certain um, and yeah I, I came out of university did a few different kind of small things went into research for a little while um, worked at a couple of local agencies and kind of found a, a spot in a relatively well-known agency um, doing PR I had no experience whatsoever and PR was my least favorite uh, course at university but I was like I'm gonna try it out anyway because I might love it Um, I did not love it I ended up <laughs> moving into the SEO team there um, and pretty much just found my passion for SEO from that point onwards and the rest is pretty much history to be honest I've, I've been uh, infatuated by it ever since <laughs> and did you have someone push you into SEO or was it just kind of like, I want to try this, let's see? Yeah, so um, at the time I was uh, working under Chris Green. Um, so he's quite well known in the in the industry. Um, he was my manager at the time and he he could tell that I wasn't quite having, having the best time doing PR mm-hmm. and I, I just wasn't really enjoying it. Um, and he said, how, how do you feel about SEO? Um, what are your thoughts on that? And I just jumped at him and was like, yeah, I would love to work in SEO. Please let me work in SEO. <laughs> um, and okay. yeah, he, he took me into the team, started teaching me. Um, and then, yeah, again, it, it's the rest is history. So I have him to thank for my uh, my passion for SEO. <laughs> oh, that's cool that you had someone who could kind of guide you into that and saw that you would be interested in it. Yeah, definitely. And especially someone as as interesting and um skilled as chris as well he's is a brilliant person to follow if you follow him on any of social medias he's he's brilliant to follow he's got so much knowledge um yeah okay and how long ago was that oh that was six years ago now maybe okay. a little bit more so it's been a while <laughs> okay so you're moving into expert territory you would say I think so now, yeah. I think I've I've done a bit of everything from all the way from kind of like original like link building, old school sort of SEO stuff that when I very first started, all the stuff you have to do, all the rubbish stuff yeah. no one wants to do. 
Um, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, I've kind of gone local SEO, e-com, um, tech, international, bit of everything, really. Um, but yeah, local is my my favorite. <laughs> okay, right. So you've settled on local SEO and it looks like you've currently joined Hello Earth as their SEO manager. What prompted you to make the change? Because if I note or read correctly, you were with Strategic, with a Q, uh, for quite some time before that. Yeah, so I think the main thing was that I kind of, I, I so I was really worried about job hopping when mm -hmm. I first kind of got into, into marketing and into the industry, because I knew a lot of people in the industry that had had loads of jobs in, in a very short space of time. And I, I, that's not something that I like doing. I don't like going through all that. That's, it's quite a stressful process for me. Um, so okay. I, I spent a lot of time being like, I don't want to keep moving. I want to get to know people. I want to be in my, in my spot, you know, but mm -hmm. I think that actually worked to my disadvantage because I ended up starting to feel a bit stuck. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I love the job for the most part, but mm -hmm. I'd kind of fallen out of love with the role and the agency and I needed something that fitted me a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. It felt like I was trying to be someone else in that space. Um, it just didn't fit me anymore. So. And I knew I had potential to do more than what I was doing in that role that I was in. So I just needed to give myself a bit of an opportunity to do it. And when I did that, it was <laughs> a really good idea because <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm definitely meeting that potential much more now. Okay. So simple enough, you know, you kind of took what you could from it and it was time to move yeah. on. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And so what are, what is your position like now at Hello Earth? What does that entail? So um, it's a really new service to Hello Earth. So um, basically the, they've not been um, offering SEO as a, a standalone service. It's only really been small bits of support for SEO for clients up until this point. So my role is to um, bring SEO to the forefront of the agency and actually bring it in as a main channel that we can offer as a marketing service. Um, so yeah, I'm working with the team, helping to educate the team on SEO, but also educating clients on SEO and how we can use that to continue to help our clients grow and thrive and also obviously look after the planet at the same time. Right, and so for those who don't know what Hello Earth is, I described it briefly in the introduction, but it, the website says it's an ethical digital agency working with conscious brands to help them yeah. develop their marketing and SEO strategies. And it works with something called the unique sustainable, sustainable selling point. Do you want to elaborate on that a little more or what that is? Yeah, so it's it's essentially the, the way that we recognize um, how we choose our clients, how we work with our clients and how we integrate sustainability into everything we do. Um, so our... Our, our whole ethos is to be doing things for good. So mm -hmm. we're doing we're doing everything we do is to look after the planet. Everything we do, everyone we work with, there has to be something about them, or at least they have to be on that journey to improving the way that generic business works. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, in, improving the the environmental impact that people have on the planet. Um, 
so yeah that's that's kind of our like our thing um mm -hmm. there's some really exciting stuff coming up in the next few months which i can't actually talk about yet but okay keep your eyes out um everybody who's listening um because that's that's gonna really uh i think that's gonna change the market in terms of how we integrate environmental um impact and sustainability into marketing and how our clients run their businesses um but yeah sadly i can't talk about it yet but it is no, coming. That's fair enough. <laughs> no that's fair enough i i think it's really interesting as a concept because there's a lot of talk about being green and being environmental environmentally friendly but a lot of that is kind of greenwashing so it's it's refreshing to see something that's really trying to uphold that in in the best way yeah definitely something we we as an agency work really hard with is to stop um greenwashing being a thing essentially so mm -hmm. i think a lot of brands um say you know oh we we don't like to talk too much about if we're changing our packaging for something more green or something like that because we don't want people to say oh you're greenwashing mm -hmm. but actually if you're doing something even no matter how small it is you have to start somewhere um if right. you're doing something small and making that small change to benefit the environment you're doing a good thing so we like to encourage our clients to talk about that sort of thing that everything that they do that could potentially benefit the planet um mm -hmm we're going to we're going to encourage that as much as possible. Okay. And I've touched on this subject in a couple of the other podcasts talking about SEO and environmental sustainability. How do you find the two intersect or where do you find that they intersect? Um I mean the first thing that comes to mind is digital carbon. Um mm -hmm. so okay. the more efficient your website is, um the more, you know, the quicker your website works, the less nonsense your crawlers have to go through to get through your website, basically the less carbon you create. So mm -hmm. uh, that's like the biggest thing, but also two parts of SEO that I think people sometimes kind of let go uh, under the radar a little bit is like the brand awareness side of things. So you can use SEO to actually push the fact that you're doing better for the planet you're being more environmentally friendly as that like brand awareness piece with PR and that sort of thing but also um the education side of it as well people use google to find out about environmentally sustainable brands and things like that do their to do their research um so that's like a fundamental thing about allowing people to be educated is to do your SEO properly so that you can provide people that information where they can learn how to be less harmful to the planet. Okay. And are there other ways that you integrate that into developing your SEO strategies besides what you just mentioned? Um, Wick, because it's so new to the agency, I think we're kind of still on our baby steps with that. So okay. we're still working out how we can do that and how we can measure it and basically all the things that we need to know to be able to right. to kind of improve that but on you know from the um from from our perspective just offering seo as a service particularly within the agency and it being integrated in the agency um that's benefiting our clients and their sustainability if we can offer them a service that 
we offer properly, but also that's going to improve their digital carbon. So that's kind of our, our starting point. We've got a lot to learn. <laughs> There's a lot, still a lot going on. Um, and those things, exciting things coming up that um, I was just talking about, those things will also be kind of wrapped up in part of this. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're still, we're still in the learning phase at the moment. Okay. And you started not long ago. Have you found it to be a big learning curve, kind of learning how to do SEO for this company that wasn't doing it before and doing it for something different as opposed to what you were doing in your previous position? Yeah, definitely. So I think the biggest difference is um, that it's it's kind of all mine. <laughs> so what I mean by that is that um, I was in a team of five six people of seos that was then had perhaps three levels of management above um and there was a, a quite a lot of um steps to take to get something in front of a client um the week after i joined hello earth i was on a client pitch with a pitch deck that i produced myself and that was kind of it it was just me <laughs> um so i think that's like the biggest thing that I've I've learned is that actually I'm capable of doing that for starters um but also that you know a lot of people don't know much about SEO I think people mm-hmm. find it really boring but they actually don't because loads of people don't know what <laughs> any of it means um right. <laughs> so yeah the biggest thing for me was just kind of going like well actually it's 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 a really interesting subject and mm-hmm. when you're in a team of five or six people and you're battling for attention and um, to be able to get onto client calls or pitches, you know, to be the one picked for that retainer or something like that. When you then go into an environment where there's it's just you, you can really flex your skills and and really just I don't know, be yourself. I guess it's 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 right. nice. <laughs> right, it gives you room to grow and learn about yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I look forward to keeping an eye out on the things that will be coming out with Hello Earth. But changing course a little bit, I wanna talk more about local SEO, which you mentioned was your specialization, um, with some trust-led search and reputation management in the mix. So let's start with a very basic question. Could you tell us exactly what local SEO is? So to keep the uh, answer quite basic as well, (laughs) it's literally just, SEO with a focus on visibility in a certain place or location. That okay. is like the best description I give to people when they ask me what is local SEO. I don't like mm-hmm. going into all the intricacies of it, just it's SEO, but you're focusing on a specific certain location or place. Okay. And for those listeners who are a little more technically advanced, what are some of the intricacies that we could talk about? So in terms of intricacies, we could go into um, it's about optimization for specific locations in terms of like using location pages. Um, It's about understanding um, things like uh, colloquialisms in certain areas, um, Mm -hmm. making sure you understand uh, common lingo. Um, It's about understanding uh, language differences. So where you might have, you know, French being different to English and how you might portray that with location-based websites, particularly international websites. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about understanding what people are actually looking for. So 
understanding the intent behind searches. I think local searches can get really, um, it can get really, really minute on details with whether people are looking for information or a transaction. Mm -hmm. um, and that's local SEO plays a huge role in actually addressing the, that intent. And then also on top of that, it's actually one of the most, I think one of the most affected um, types of SEO by link building as well. So mm -hmm. citations, um, local PR, that kind of local um, link building is is probably the biggest kind of part of SEO that requires mm -hmm. link building in a, in the very okay. traditional sense. Um, so yeah, when we talk about local SEO, I, it's for all the technical people. It's it's all the all the little things. I think. Okay. And you mentioned a bit about language specificities and colloquialisms. Does that overlap with international SEO as well? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So there's a few things, um, particularly moving into my new role where we have a lot of international clients. There's a few mm -hmm. things I've noticed that really differ um, in terms of language and particularly spelling. So we have quite a few American clients um, mm -hmm. and I did not realize how many words are spelled differently in the States. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of Z's everywhere, lots of Z's <laughs> instead of S's and yeah, no U's like, anywhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I knew there was a few, but like, it's it is mad how different language is, even though it's English either way. Um, right. So yeah, I think that's that's where the kind of crossover is. But particularly for if you're doing local SEO, like in the UK, knowing what the difference is between a BAP and a BUN, if someone's looking for a BAP, they're probably looking for a roll, like a bread roll. Okay, but someone's looking for a bun in a different area they might be looking for a bread roll or they might be looking for a cake so it's it's okay. a, a really specific like <laughs> you really have to know your audience with local seo um right yeah, yeah you just taught me something i didn't know the difference between i i didn't know what a bap was at all so <laughs> Oh, you're probably going to get loads of comments on this afterwards <laughs> telling you the difference between a bap and a bun and a bam and a all the other things they call it. <laughs> I'd be curious to learn. And so <laughs> I know that local SEO has a lot to do with Google My Business. Um, yeah. If Google has kind of, the, do they have a monopoly on local SEO? And if so, how does that work for countries or regions that don't have access to Google? Um, so I think it definitely does where there is access. Um, okay definitely on mobile searches as well um most local seo uh result pages come what from mobile so the majority i think it's something silly like 80 percent of so don't quote me on that but 80 percent of like <laughs> of uh searches uh, on mobile are with local intent so to find something okay. nearby um particularly with directions and things like that so definitely for mobile, um, and I think you're more likely to get map packs for mobile searches. But mm -hmm. for places where there's like less Google or like no Google, um, I think I don't think GMB or you know that sort of thing is is that there's I guess there's an equivalent of mm -hmm. which would have a, a similar kind of algorithm, a similar way of working. 
And I think naturally there's going to be people who will focus on Google only in the hopes that everyone uses Google. And I mm -hmm. think there's a lot of opportunity outside of Google. Um, don't tell me off Google. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of opportunity outside of Google in those places where Google isn't present or isn't the, the you know, the first thing that people go to as a search engine. Um, that the factors might all be very similar, but you still need to kind of make sure that you're actually appearing on things outside of Google for those places, especially if your target market, you know, could well be in places that doesn't have Google. Mm. Okay. And another part of your specialization is trust-led search. What role does that play in local SEO? Um, so I think it's that's an interesting one because um, trust-led search is something that I kind of coined in my time at Strategic, um, to my knowledge at least. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the reason it came up was because a lot of like local businesses rely on trust. So that word of mouth, um, custom from local people who return time and time again, who know the people who run the businesses very well and know their families. And there's, it's a, it's a community type, um, it's a community feel with local businesses. So I think local SEO is, is pretty much built on that trust. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a lot of the factors that impact local SEO, particularly for Google, um things like reviews um mm -hmm. so there's that word of mouth but just it's come in digitally the local citation consistency people in the nearby community talking about this place or this venue or whatever being good or bad or you know having the information correct local press um people trusting their local papers and reading it and you know sharing that information all of that stuff is stuff that builds trust in a business, but is also really impactful for local SEO. So I think it's kind of the basis of local SEO in a way. Okay. And I wanted to ask what impacts that trust, but it's basically the reviews or the press, anything else besides that negative, negatively or positively? So I think reviews is the biggest one. Um, okay. I think a lot of people will read reviews before making a decision. But then when they're doing their own thing, so a business owner perhaps might think that reviews will just happen and, you know, it's, it's totally fine. Don't need to ask for them. You do need to ask for them. Okay. But, that was a question. Another question, but continue. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they will then go back to buy something in their own time and check the reviews. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the time people don't make that connection that, you know, if you're trying to sell someone something, they're probably going to check the reviews, just like you would if you were trying to buy something. Right. So I think reviews is like the biggest one, in my opinion, at least. Um, but yeah, alongside that, things like um, there being things like blogs and stuff like that on a website that makes sense, irrelevant to the local area, um, authorship, um, all, like all of these things that kind of just build a little bit of extra trust in mm -hmm. someone or a business, even enough to just engage, not necessarily purchase, but engage. Um, social media is another one. I, I find it really ah, frustrating yeah. when I can't find a Facebook profile or a Twitter or anything for a business. And I don't okay. want to phone them. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I'm a millennial. I don't use the phone. So I understand. I understand. Yeah, so little things like that, they're all trust signals, but particularly with local, I'm more likely to go to a different local restaurant than I am the one nearest to me if I can't contact them on Facebook or I can't find their menu on the website, For just as a, a random example. Okay, that's an interesting point. I wouldn't have thought about that. Social media doesn't isn't the first thing that, that pops to my mind when it comes to trust, but yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. <laughs> And um, I wanted to kind of go back to the thing you mentioned about reviews. Is it, you said it was okay to ask for reviews. Does that not bias what people are gonna post or, I don't know, is, it, is that fair play? Yeah, I think so. So one of my biggest bits of advice that I give to people when they say I need, what, what do I need to do to do better in local search is always ask for reviews. Um, the key to asking for reviews is to not do it in a biased way. So okay. to not pick people you are, you know had a good experience. Um, it needs to be everyone, <laughs> literally anyone and everyone that has interacted okay. with your business that you ask. Um, you need to ask in a polite way, um, not offering an incentive as well. I think the incentive needs to be that the person wants to tell you their experience rather mm -hmm. than uh you'll get a gift card or 10 percent off or something like that because that okay. will result in biased reviews um yeah so the most successful ones i've seen um i actually spoke about it in october in my last brighton talk was um little business cards with a printed qr code and it was a plumbing company that just handed them out to every person that they went to see that say could you leave me a review and it was super simple and their, their reviews just skyrocketed thankfully they were a brilliant little business and all of the engineers were lovely so they got really good reviews mm -hmm. um but yeah that that kind of unbiased really simple way of generating reviews a lot of people forget to leave a review if they haven't had a terrible experience most of the time if people do it right. naturally they do it because they've had a bad time um right. <laughs> so you know unless it's the best thing you've ever experienced in your life you're probably not going to get good reviews naturally you probably do have to ask for them um but yeah just something as simple as a business card or even just you know when you're in the salon your hairdresser says can do you mind leaving a review afterwards um that's all it takes but you do have to ask that question because people just don't think about it okay and is there a fine line to balance between you know harassing people and asking them to do it because I find like after everything that I buy these days I get an email can you review can you rate can you give us your feedback I think at some point people can get a bit frustrated with all of that is there is there a way to kind of find a better balance yeah definitely so I think that's where it's important to integrate um your review requests with something like a, a CRM so um some kind of system like Clavio or HubSpot or something like that where mm -hmm. you can manage that so when you've already sent a review request to a customer they might have bought two different things over the space of three days you want to send them one email that says can you leave a review on your products that you've purchased rather than an email after every single product 
Um, right. I think okay. that's where like customer experience is a big part of that. I think that's why the things like business cards for in-person businesses work really well because um, mm -hmm. you can't really harass people with business cards. Um, <laughs> and the same goes for if you're doing, if you're an econ business and you don't have access to one of those systems, um, putting a, a bit of print in your boxes when you send them out so that people open up their lovely gifts, they're full of serotonin and then they, you know, <laughs> see the thing to say, oh, I, I can leave a review. It doesn't feel like harassment quite so much. So I think you have to consider your audience again, um, very much an audience based thing, but just making sure you know when you are sending them. Um, if you're sending them by email or text, for example, and keeping a track on how often you're sending them. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's the best way to do it. Okay. And speaking of tracking and measuring, what metrics and tools can you use to track how well you're performing in regards to your local SEO efforts? So my favorite tool is Bright Local. Um, okay. Little little plug for Bright Local. <laughs> um, they are very good friends of mine. Um, and also because their tool is brilliant. So uh, it, mm -hmm. has <laughs> it has pretty much everything in it. So um, reputation manager, how you rank locally, how your business profile works, local site audits. There's just so much to, that you can do within that tool to measure all of these things and the, these metrics that you might not be able to actually measure outside of a tool. Um, so definitely if you have budget for tools, Bright Local is, is the one to go for if you're managing a lot of uh, local SEO clients. If you don't have budget for tools, um, I mean, it's as simple as things like Search Console um, and analytics using the lo location report on analytics to see where your traffic's coming from. Um, Obviously, things like that do mean you have to have quite slick uh, data analytics and attribution. Um, but that's kind of the best you're going to get without some kind of specific tool to be able to uh, track exactly where traffic is coming from. Um, yeah. Okay. There's a lot to know about local SEO. Thank you. I just wanted to ask a little more about trust signals, as you mentioned it previously. Could you elaborate on it a little more? Um, so a trust signal is is kind of as it says on the tin. So it's it's <laughs> a thing that you might, if if you saw it, you might feel more comfortable engaging with the business. Mm -hmm. So uh, the top ones that I often bring up with clients, um, past and present, that often gets forgotten about is uh, secure payment providers. So a lot of people look for Apple Pay, PayPal, Amazon Pay, and some indication that a retailer um, offers those things on their website. So mm -hmm. it's a small thing and you, you might think that might not be particularly important as a business owner, but as a customer, I know lots of people won't use a website if it doesn't have PayPal or some kind of um, you know, super secure payment provider, which uh -huh. makes sense when you say it like that. Right. <laughs> um, but then, you know, other things for trust signals could be um, 
usability and UX, um, accessibility, things like that. Accessibility is a big one um, because there's a huge, huge uh, audience of people that need accessibility to be absolutely peak so that they can use a website and purchase a, a product or go and visit somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And to not allow those people to actually be able to do all of that, they're going to go to everyone they know and say, don't bother, you can't, the website doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, so again, that's that kind of influencing your word of mouth marketing by yeah. making sure that your trust signals on your site are, are top notch. Um, another big one, which I mentioned earlier, was is authorship. Um, mm -hmm. That's probably more so for search engines than it is for people. But I find I prefer when I'm using a website or, you know, looking at potentially going to, I don't know, um, where am I, uh, maybe to a, a new beauty salon or something like that, somewhere I haven't been before, where mm -hmm. I might meet the people or see people. I want to know who's there. I want to know who I'm going to see. I want to know the faces and feel like I am dealing with actual people. And right. the same goes for online only businesses it's quite common that people kind of treat online only businesses as a brand and not as individual people running a brand. Uh -huh. So you've got that access to the information about individual people, what they like, what they do in their spare time, or the things that they've written about um, on the company blog, you know, all of that sort of stuff. You actually are reminded that they're real people and they're probably going to try their hardest to do a good job for you which means you're more likely to engage with them. So okay. it's it's a little complicated when you get into like real the real intricacies of it, but it's also weirdly obvious at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah, the way you've explained it makes it seem like, oh yeah, that makes sense if you think <laughs> about it logically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so changing course again. Um, I've asked some local SEO questions and now I want to talk a little more about your personal experiences. Is there anyone in the SEO community that inspires you? Maybe you have a mentor. I know you mentioned um, your previous manager that pushed you from PR into, into SEO. Is there anyone else that you kind of look to or inspires how you do things? Oh, there's so many now. Um, <laughs> after being in the industry for a long time, um, and one of the first things I did when I started in SEO was join Twitter and make sure I was part of the the SEO Twitter community, which is brilliant for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess the people that really inspire me, um, Arij Abouli, she um, runs the Women in Tech SEO mm -hmm. uh, community. She's fantastic. She's also recently started her own agency. Um, she is just, she's just brilliant. Um, I don't know how she does it. She's superwoman. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's one of my key inspirations. Um, oh, there's so many to to list off a few, I guess. Um, Miracle. So Miracle was um, a mentor of mine from the Women in Tech um, kind of mentor cohort that was on a few years ago. Um, and she taught basically taught me how to come out of my shell and how to believe in myself and be confident and okay. that's gotten me a lot further than a lot of other things have so yeah, that's um, a useful skill 
It really is. It really is. Um, it's thanks to her that I've done talks at Brighton SEO. So I thank her every time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just it's just all that there's there's a huge community of people within SEO that all they want to do is to help other people thrive and be mm -hmm. good SEOs. Um, I mean, you find the odd person that doesn't, but on on for the most part, um, pretty much anyone on things like Twitter or within the women in tech community, they're all inspiring because they they just want to help people. Everyone just wants <laughs> to be helped. <laughs> oh, that's but a nice yeah, community. my two main ones, um, along with with Chris, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, and. Is there any SEO advice you'd give to your younger self, knowing what you know now? Um, don't be so scared of everything. Okay. <laughs> um, I used to be terrified of everything, um, <laughs> and yeah, I it's, I think there's a there's when you're scared of something, it means you have on, an opportunity. And being nervous about something, being scared of something, it's an opportunity, unless it's like a snake or something. Um, <laughs> you know, you scared of those. yeah, you can be scared of those. Um, but <laughs> speaking or, um, you know, getting a mentor or writing a blog or any, all of these things that a lot of people are really scared of, and I was really scared of. Mm -hmm. um, it's for starters it's nowhere near as hard as everybody makes out it is or that your brain tells you it is mm -hmm. it's it's fun um so absolutely turn that scared into excitement um and also you know like i said ev everybody just wants to help people are mm -hmm. there's so many people out there that can help you do all that stuff and if you need help not being scared um there's so many people that you can reach out to and if mm -hmm. it's not that specific person you reach out to they'll know someone that you can speak to to help so yeah that's what i would say to myself if i was talking to five years ago me six years ago me i'd say don't be so scared of everything because you'll get further <laughs> a lot quicker <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's good advice i think it's okay also to be scared as long as it doesn't stop you from doing yeah. what you need to do and i think that's what you've yeah. done you did it even though you were scared <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's some good advice. Um, another advice related question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh. Um, so I think the one I use the most is a bit of advice that Miracle gave me when I was saying that I was struggling with the idea of doing public speaking because I didn't want to have to deal with, uh, trolls criticism online afterwards i was terrified mm -hmm. of it and i heard some really horrible stories of people being heckled and stuff like that um yeah. at conferences which i know is awful um thankfully doesn't really happen anymore but um yeah and she said that no one there is there to tell you you're wrong if someone's come to watch your talk or to listen to your podcast they're not there to tell you you're wrong they're there to learn from you mm -hmm. so there's no point being scared of criticism because 
they're there to learn from you, not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> they're not there to tell you that everything's terrible that you've said. They're not going to waste their time on that. Um, so, yeah, just that, like, understanding that if, if somebody's asked you a question or listening to your talk or, you know, watching a video or whatever, they're there to learn from you, not to tell you what you've done wrong. And that gives you a bit of confidence that you're actually sharing a bit of knowledge and your time is worth it that you're putting into doing that stuff. I like that. I'm going to take it. <laughs> Not to give to anyone, just to use, just to apply in daily life. That's that's a fair point. And final question, I'd like to end all of our interviews on this. Do you have anything to add? What do you think is an important takeaway that people should walk away from this podcast with? Um, it's going to sound really cliche, but Go I'm going to try anyway. Um, absolutely be yourself and believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself other people won't mm -hmm. if you if you're not yourself other people will see you as someone else you don't need to be anyone else just believe in yourself do what you believe in work to your own values and you'll be a lot happier in life in general but especially in SEO. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I like that. That's a nice note to end on. <laughs> Those were all of my questions. Thank you so much, Levi, for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. I've had a blast. Thanks to all of you who are listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Real Life SEO with Levi. Please don't hesitate to follow us. And if you'd like, you can also rate and review the show to help other listeners find us. Thanks again to Levi. And until the next episode, happy crawling.